0: Well, stand with me. We're going to do a call to worship together. It's out of Psalm 68. We're going to read it together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. Heavenly Father, we worship you this morning. We come to you, King of kings, Lord of lords. We lay everything at your feet. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.
1: I'm about to give you all some instructions for coming to the table and receiving the elements of communion. And part of those instructions are how you leave your seat one way and you come to the table and you circle back around to your seat. And as I'm worshiping, I just keep hearing, it all begins and ends with Jesus. It all begins and ends with Jesus. It all begins and ends with Jesus. And then if he is your savior, if you've surrendered all to him, he walks with you every step through everything. And I don't want us to be distracted. I feel like so often we get distracted. We don't take it over the finish line. So we're struggling with something or we're going through something. And every good and perfect gift comes from our Father in heaven. And so he sends us a member of the body to call us or to sit with us and to minister to us. And we think, oh, that was awesome. And we forget to... Bring it back around to give God the glory. We don't take it over the finish line with Jesus. Or sometimes we're struggling with something and the spirit of God will just come upon us and we'll begin to weep. And there's such healing and tears. But if we, if we just are like, oh, I feel better. Well, then we've, we've received that good gift of the, the biological release that crying gives. But did we take it over the finish line and give glory to Jesus? Did we get the word on the inside of us and then out of our mouth? Did we speak it? Out of our mouth to take it over the finish line father we worship you today father we come to you we throw aside every distraction we will not be distracted that you are the way that you are the truth and that you are the life and that outside of you there is no way there is no truth and there is no life That it's only you, Jesus. It's only you, Jesus. Jesus. It's only you, Jesus. Jesus. And we worship you. We glorify you. you. Father, we lay down our lives this morning. We say, have your way. We are yours. We are yours. We live and we breathe for you. To worship you. To obey you. To do the work Thank you. on this earth Thank you. to bring you glory. Thank you. That your kingdom would come and that your will would be done through us. We surrender. Father, we throw aside every distraction. Let nothing keep us from your presence here, now, and every day of the week, in our cars and in our homes. Father, let us not just think about your presence. Let us not just worship you in our mind, but let it be released from mouths now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we will speak the word, we will live the word, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus.
2: Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to read a part of Psalm 51. Before we give you instructions on coming to the table. I'm going to start in verse 7. It says, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous Spirit. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. As we take communion this morning, it is all about Jesus. It's all about Him. And I ask that our joy be restored in complete fullness in Him because of what He did on that cross. And then the next verse says this, which goes right along with what Liz is saying. It says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. <laughs> Trust in Him. Trust in Him. Trust in Him alone. In Him alone. I'll tell you, this week I struggled... I struggled, and it was because I wasn't putting my full trust in Him. I was trusting in my own skills, my own abilities, my own leadership, my own words, I wasn't fully trusting in Him. And man, I had a difficult week because that was how I was trying to walk through it. So trust in Him this morning. Come to this table with a complete and total trust in him and him alone, in what he's done, and his resurrection that brings us true life, true life eternal.
1: Instructions for receiving communion. Um, The center aisle is one way toward the back. If you are seated in the back of these two sections, you're going to come to the center aisle and go to the table. Um, The elements are in... uh, a stacked cup, so you only have to pick up one item, and then you'll circle back to your seat in that direction because these two side aisles are one way forward. The two side sections, you'll come to out this side aisle one way down, and then you'll circle back to your seat in that way. Hold on to your elements so that we can partake of them together.
0: Okay, come to the table.
1: One, one thing. Jesus took it over the finish line. It's the completed work of the cross. It's complete. It's lacking nothing. It's a completed work. He took it all the way, all the way.
0: I just want to take a minute before we partake in communion, just spend a minute reflecting upon him, the price that he paid, the victory he won. It's the time to come before Him and set all your cares before Him.
2: Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father,
0: we thank you for the table. We thank you that we can partake in remembrance of you, your Son, and what He's done.
2: worship you this morning. We worship you this morning. Thank you, Lord.
0: The word says in 1 Corinthians says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread He had given thanks. He broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord.
2: Father, we thank you. you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you.
0: Guys, if you would stand with me, we're going to continue to worship the Lord. I would encourage you this morning, if you've got business to do with the Lord, in any way, shape, or form, we're going to move these communion tables out of the way. Just come on up here. No one's going to bother you up here. Get on your knees before him. Raise your hands before him. Bring every care, concern, and lay it at his feet. His blood covers it all, church. His blood covers it all. We're going to sing this song called Living Hope. It's probably one of my favorite songs. So I would just encourage you, we got two songs actually left. Don't be, a, don't be ashamed or be afraid to come up and just do business with Him. Do business right where you're sitting if you need to, but I encourage you to take those steps. Sometimes when we take steps towards Him, He never leaves us or forsakes us, but when we take those steps towards him, he meets us right where we are. Amen? All right, let's worship. just want to stay in this atmosphere of worship just for a few more minutes. You know, I came in this morning with a heaviness in my heart and a pain in my left shoulder that didn't allow me to lift my arm up over my head. Can I tell you that I don't feel the heaviness? And can I tell you that my left arm has zero pain in it. Zero pain in it. God is so good. I mean, I started working out the other day, and I was doing some push-ups, and man, my my shoulder hurts so bad. But I'll tell you what, in his presence, in his presence, in his presence, our lives are changed. Bible says in Romans 8, what, what then shall we say to these things? To these things. What things? What things going on in your life? What things that are happening? If God is for us, who can be against us? Church, if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm telling you, church, God is for you. He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who is He who condemns? He is the Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. This is why when we call the name of Jesus, intercession is happening on our behalf. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, church, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Church, I'm persuaded this morning. And as I read this, I want you to be persuaded of the same thing. It's in the Word. That neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, thank You, Lord. Nothing shall separate us from Your love. Thank You. We worship you.
2: We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to stay here just for one more minute.
2: Jesus, you change everything.
0: Jesus, you change everything. Thank you, Lord. You guys want to just sing that one more time with us.
2: Same Thank you, Lord. Thank you for meeting
0: us today. Thank you for transforming lives already this morning. Thank you for healing hearts and bodies.
2: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I
0: just feel like the Lord would say this morning, whatever it is you came in with, hear now. Give it to Him. Cast your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Trying to move on, church, but I just feel like I'm just, we're almost there, but I'm just not there yet. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. (laughs) Stop striving and trying so hard, just humble yourselves the issue, the challenge, the situation. It says, under the mighty hand, that he may exalt you in due time, casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I feel like that's what he's doing this morning as we're just in his presence. He's perfecting, he's establishing, he's strengthening, and he's settling us. And verse 11 says, then to him, church, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Wow, church.
2: (sighs) Mm. Thank Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.
0: We worship you this morning in your presence. Just begin to thank him for just a minute. Let's begin to raise raise a hallelujah to raise a praise of thankfulness of thanksgiving Enter into his courts with thanksgiving
2: Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Thank you Lord, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord. Like most of the time, we're in such a rush. In our lives, we're in such a rush to go from one place to the next to get to the next thing, at least that's what, how I am. Sometimes I believe the Lord's just saying, "Slow down for a second. Slow down for a second, and just rest in my presence. For His yoke is easy, His burden is light. He is the way, the truth and the light.
2: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Got anything else you want to share or give some instructions? I mm.
1: just want to encourage you. The enemy comes and life comes at you with discouragement. Um, and I've been, I was thinking and then you said it We need to remember, we need to remember the goodness of God. We need to remember um, those miraculous times when He heard our prayers and He answered us in our distresses. He saved us from the consequences of our sin. And um, recently, I was trying to get a gift for my son for his birthday. And this item that I wanted was sold out everywhere. sorry. Everywhere. And I have never been a parent in all these years. I have never had to try to buy something that was like the it thing. I don't really participate in stuff like that. I don't do Black Friday. Like, I just don't. I just don't do that. But I really felt like he was supposed to have this thing. And I spent hours on an app, you know, trying to locate it. And they would have it in stock for a little while, but they wouldn't hold it for anybody at the different stores and hours. And um, I had uh, I had my sister-in-law in Ohio at the Target stores there, had my mom in Easton, PA, Lehigh Valley. She She was on alert. And then I had Nikki down in Tennessee, had her on alert. And I'm working it and working it. And I, all this stress and all this anxiety and all of this, uh, and hours of my time. And I finally texted Nikki one day. And I was like, I'm done. Oh, my goodness, I'm done. Do whatever you want. Do it. Don't do it. I can't do this anymore. I set my phone down, and I prayed literally the most casual prayer, heartfelt, but just real simple. I was like, Lord, if you want him to have this toy, you get him this toy. I am done. I cannot do this anymore. I release it to you. I am, I'm done. Within 30 minutes, within 30 minutes, I got a picture of Nikki holding, holding it in her hand. And um, she was supposed to be fasting lunch, and she told me she was working. She said, I was supposed to be fasting lunch, but I felt, the holy, I felt prompted to eat. She's like, I wasn't supposed to eat, but I just felt, like, prompted to eat. And so I prayed, well, Lord, do you want me to eat tacos or do you want me to eat Chick-fil-A? She's like, I've never prayed a prayer asking God where I should eat before. And she just felt completely led to go to Chick Fil A. Well, there was a, a Target that I had not called. I had not. I didn't even know it existed right next door. She called. Yeah, they just. We just got four in. She went right in and got it. Anyway, all I'm saying is that this week, when we were struggling with real things, that's a that's an earthly thing. When we're struggling with, I'm talking real stuff, real things, um, heartbreaking things, difficult things. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, if I would take that burden and take care of it just like that, how much more then will I be there with you and for you? How much how 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 much more faithful? How much how, how much more faithful can I possibly be? I am, you can trust me. You can trust him, church. But you have got to look back at his goodness. You have got to look back at his goodness. You have got to be in this holy book. You have; it's full. It's full of His praises. It's full of the accounts of His faithfulness. It's full of His account, of accounts of His miraculous rescue, miraculous provision, and it's ours. But it's, this isn't casual. You, you don't go in it. You don't go to it because you have to or because you should, but because you have to and because you should. <laughs> It's not a bird. I, I don't go to the refrigerator because I have to eat. I enjoy eating. You know, we fasted. I fasted for three days. We fasted around Easter. And you know what? I didn't miss the food, but I missed the joy of being with my family. There's joy in eating, and there's, there's joy in God's Word. Everything we need. Everything we need. You know, and I just feel like if you're depressed, if you have mental health issues, you know, some, so many times people get upset and they say, well, oh, just pray more, just read more. Like, that doesn't fix it. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I know that that doesn't fix it. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, but every answer is in here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the Holy Spirit, when you turn to Him in prayer, when you turn to Him in the word, He could whisper to you and say, stop fighting this, go to that therapist and talk about it. Mm-hmm. He'll lead your steps in, right. in the natural. He is the way, and he is the truth, and he is the life. So if you're struggling with mental health issues, I just felt like I was supposed to go down this path. If you're struggling with mental health issues, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is not of him. It's not for you. He can break the chains of generations. He is able. And you don't pray more and read more as some kind of super spiritual prescription that's going to make it all go away. You pray more and read more because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And if we really believe that, then our lives will show. Our lives show what we believe. That's right. Our lives show what we really believe versus what we say we believe. Hmm. So I just wanted to encourage you this morning. You keep waiting. You keep waiting to move yeah. on. And it's just feed on the faithfulness of God. Feed on the word of God. Let Him direct your path. Let Him direct your steps. Let Him direct your Facebook posts. Let Him direct what you watch, what you listen to throughout the week. Let Him direct every area of your life, every part of your life. And you, it will not keep you from trials. It will not keep you from tribulations. It's not magic, it's love. He will walk you through them, and you will have victory. Discouragement is when we get our eyes off the victory. The victory of Jesus is sure. It is a sure thing, and it's ours. It is ours in Christ. We are more than conquerors. That's
2: all I have.
0: Okay. Uh, All right, I feel comfortable now. Moving on.
2: You just
1: needed Um, me up here. I was content. I was sitting on the floor up here. I was just
0: waiting. Okay, uh, so we're going to do our time of greeting. Uh, A couple things to note. Uh, There will be two offering buckets up here. You guys, we're not passing the buckets, so you can bring your offering up here. And then we have Kid Corner back there, which has sermon bags. So uh, most of the kids know their color and their names are on them, so they can go back there and get them. Uh, If you've not been back there or you've got kids who have not been back to the corner, we have people back there who can help you. Uh, Get your bag, and if you're a guest, we've got bags for you as well. And I think that's, that's it. All right, greet each other.
1: All right, church. I don't mean to interrupt all of your lovely fellowshipping time, but Pastor Jason is rushing me to get up here. He said, get on up there. I got good things to share this morning. So... My first announcement um, my first announcement is such a happy one, and I'm so excited to announce and want to celebrate. I'm actually looking for them. I see one, but I don't see the other. How do you do this announcement when they're not together? My first announcement is, I want to celebrate Bob and Jan Anderson, married for 50 years. You know they're walking with Jesus, right? You know they're walking. Congratulations, Bob and Jan. Yeah, 50 years. Always only Jesus. Being married is hard. If you're single and you want to be married and you think being married is going to fix your problems, it's not. <laughs> it's not. But praise God when He brings us together, and He does, man. He brings us together um, and in the most amazing ways. And it's all for his glory. It's all for his glory. So praise God for 50 years of marriage for Bob and Jan. Praise God for leading us in all of our marriages. Um, So that's just a wonderful announcement this morning. Next, worship and healing night is Saturday, August 8th. It's a really good time. It's from six to eight right here in the sanctuary. And honestly, we just worship for a really long time. It's there's no rush. We're not hurried. Um, You know, we just allow the Holy Spirit to move. And it's a really wonderful time just to sit in his presence It's very casual. Um, I came last time very casual because I just want to be with him. Um, And that's what we do on Worship and Healing Night. So you are invited to come and just be in the presence of God. It's fantastic. Um, If you are a first-time guest, we welcome you. We are happy to have you with us this morning. Um, It's wonderful to worship together um, in the Lord's house. If you are interested, you can give us um, shoot us an email and just let us know that you were here. Um, we love to have your name and a contact info um, if you want to be kind of added to our information chain, um, that contact info. I think the best is an email. We like to have everyone's emails. Um, so you can shoot that on over to info at ecfchurch.org. Um, if you have prayer requests, praise reports, testimonies, those go to prayer at ecfchurch.org, and that's how we keep connected, and it's important that we keep connected. Um, and that's all I have. Pastor Jason.
0: Okay. We were laughing during greeting time because sometimes I forget to turn my microphone off. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, can they all hear what we're saying? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't saying anything bad. No, it was just funny. It was just like, wait a second, who is that back there? What? Have you seen that person? Right. So we just start your whispers. Like the problems of the pastor with the microphone that's you know on their hip. Right. You don't know, never know who's hearing what you're hearing. So okay. Anyway, I want to just I want to pray uh, over the offering. I know we have the buckets up here. There's also a, a box in the back to the left of the door when you, when you walk out. Um, I want to just read a quick scripture out of Matthew 5, 23, and then pray over, pray over our, our tithes and our offerings. This is, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar... And go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Now, I should have did this. I should have did this thing before you guys came up and already gave your offering, right? But what I think what the Lord is trying to tell us here is that He is in more concern about our heart than He is about our finances. And that's not to say that He doesn't care about our finances, because He very much does. In fact, there's, it's one of the most talked about topics in Scripture is our finances. But it's not that he doesn't care, but he cares more about your heart. He cares more about your heart and trusting in him and having that clean, as we said this morning, in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew the right spirit within me out of, uh, out of Psalm 51, as I was reading earlier. He cares about our heart. And giving is an act out of our heart, really. It's, it's an act of worship out of our heart. It's the same thing as when we're worshiping him. We're releasing it all to him. And the act of giving back to him in tithes and offerings is just an act of releasing our trust and our heart in him and who he is. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for every gift, every giver. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have a calling on this church to be debt-free. Father, I, I thank you, Lord, that there's a calling on many people in this church to be debt-free as well. And so I ask, Lord, now that you continue to move in that realm and be able to make ways, Father, where there, isn't, where there aren't any ways in the, human, in the human ways, Lord, but you make ways. And Father, I just ask that this debt will be paid off at the church in Jesus' name. I ask that debt in our lives, of our congregation, of our families will be paid off in Jesus' name. Father, And just you lead us and guide us through your Holy Spirit and how you want us to do that. Lord, you make a way where there is no other way. We trust you, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. And Father, as I share this message this morning that you have given, Father, I just pray that that our ears would be open, our eyes would be open, and that our lives would be transformed as we hear your word this morning. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. I feel like he's given me three separate messages again, so I don't, you know, as I, this is the second week in a row that I feel like he's given me three different things to share on, and as I'm walking up here, I'm going, Lord, which is it that you want me to share on? And I do believe I know what he wants me to go do this morning, but sometimes it's a little unnerving feeling. You know, when you're the pastor of the church and you're walking up, I mean, I know there's some people have ministered before, like, does this really happen? Yeah, I think it does. Sometimes he changes the message at the last minute on what he wants us to share. But here's what I can tell you this morning. Uh, I was so excited about last week. I was so excited about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So many people came up to be filled and to, uh, to receive the baptism. And I just want to encourage those that we did pray for. Uh, when we laid hands on you, you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that language will come. I pray that you, encu- I encourage you to just get alone with God and just get alone with Him and be in your quiet place and seek Him and watch Him work and watch Him do what He does. Don't, don't get up in your head, don't get up in your mind and start thinking about it and all this other stuff, just let the Spirit flow as you begin to open your mouth and pray. It says in Acts 2, 4, it says, they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, every one of them. And it was interesting thing is everyone who uh, we prayed for, I gave this book to, and it says, it's Why Tongues, it's by uh, Kenneth Hagin, but it gives these 10 reasons Ten reasons, and I encourage each of you who have that prayer language this week to pray more in that language. And I can tell you what, I use my prayer language this week more than I think I have in like months combined. Church, this, this is powerful stuff. Listen to the benefits of speaking tongues. Number one, it's the initial sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number two, it's for spiritual edification. Spiritual edification. All during the week. Number three, reminds us of the Spirit's indwelling presence within our life. Number four, praying in tongues is praying in line with God's perfect will. It's praying in line with His perfect will. When we are blah, 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 saying, 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 and we have nothing more to say, He begins to take over, and He begins to take over our language. Number five, praying in tongues stimulates faith. Hallelujah. Speaking in tongues means keeping free from worldly contamination. Oh, man. When we are speaking in our prayer language, it keeps us from worldly contamination. And as I was sharing last week even, too, when, when temptation comes, the first thing we need to turn to is that prayer language in our life. We begin to just speak that language because a lot of times you're like, I don't know what else to do. I can't remember any scriptures right now. All of this stuff is happening. But when we just open our mouth and say, Lord, just I need, I need you, I need you, you begin to speak in tongues and pray that prayer language. It keeps us from worldly contamination. Number seven was praying in tongues enables us to pray for the unknown. Hallelujah. Number eight, praying in tongues gives us spiritual refreshing. Number nine, praying in tongues is for giving thanks. And speaking in tongues brings the tongue, listen to this, under subjection. Yeah? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Speaking in tongues brings the tongue under subjection. Man, and then we talked a little bit about the public side of tongues uh, during a church service and then the interpretation of tongues, but I was just so fired up. This week, man, I used that. I know I said I had a tough week, right? I think I said that earlier, and it was, it was some difficult things, but I'll tell you what. God just was working and moving uh, in my life and in the life of this church, and I'm excited about it. So the other thing that he, he really began to put on my heart, and I'm going to turn to Galatians 5. We're going to get there here in just a minute. And we're doing a series called The Holy Spirit. I want to share a couple of things with you this morning. And I, I really started to ask the Lord, like, okay, why are we doing, a, why are we doing this series on the Holy Spirit? And why are we going to be doing a series next on called Erie Christian Fellowship Church in the last days? And why did we do series before on identity? Why do we do series on the believer's authority? Like, what is it, Lord, that you, like, wh- why, why? And they begin to orchestrate this thing. And they begin to tell me some things. They begin to cast a vision, really, for this church. Now, I've talked about the vision of the church. I've talked about, uh, if you haven't heard it, about the cross that goes across Route 90 and down Route 79. And there's like this beacon of light of Jesus Christ coming out of Erie, reaching all of the dark places that are across these two major highways. He showed me all the places that we lived and where we grew up uh, in Erie of the West. I mean, it was like it made the cross. And then I did the calculation of all the county's population of all these things and it was like almost exactly a million people. And of course this church was founded on to reach a million people for Jesus Christ. And I just was so excited, but over the course of time if you don't keep that vision in front of you, you begin, right, without vision, the people begin to perish. And I'm starting to ask the Lord, "What is it that you want? What is it that you want?" And he began to tell me this. He says, "I want a church that can feed themselves. I want a church that can worship themselves." I want a church that can hear the Holy Spirit for themselves. I want a church that knows how to share the gospel themselves. I want a church that can disciple someone themselves. I want a church where the gifts are flourishing and people are walking in their calling. I want a church that has people involved in each other's lives. I want a church that's not focused on themselves, but on others. And I just started writing this down going, whoa. And it began to clarify for me and for us, our responsibility as pastors is to equip you to be able to do those things. And as I look back, I saw some of those threads through those sermon series on how he was beginning to equip us. But I can just let you know that I'm going to amp up. I am going to begin to amp up this intentionality of equipping you to do the work of the ministry. Right, okay, that's a biblical thing in Ephesians. That's, it actually gives my job description in there. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to go look for it or Google it. It's actually there in the Bible. I have my job description. But it's to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Because what I'm realizing more and more as we're working through these last days is you have to be able to know how to worship on your own. You have to be able to know how to read the word of God on your own and not have to turn on, you know, to Facebook Live, to Jason, and Liz Ackerman. It is not about us. It cannot be about us. It cannot be about only getting fed on Sunday morning church. It cannot be about that. Because there will be a time and I don't know when, there will be a day where you cannot flip on the TV and find John Hagee. You can't flip on the TV and see Kenneth Copeland or whoever else that you might ascribe to their teaching. You have to understand how to dissect and understand and learn the word of God on your own. And I have to help you do that. And I will have failed if I did not help you do that. And I said, Lord, just continue to show me that this is the direction, this is the path to equip, to equip these. Because I'll tell you what, church, there, there will be a time, and I don't know when we'll see it. But there will be a time where you have to know how to do church yourself. There will be a time where you have to know how to do it yourself. And there won't be somebody available to spoon-feed you the information. It is God has placed teachers in the church and pastors and evangelists, and I'm not saying that those gifts go away. But what I'm actually beginning to believe is that those gifts move from up here that we're idolizing a bunch of men and a bunch of women and what they say and ascribe to what they're doing to those gifts being developed right here in the local church. Pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, right here in small groups, in small areas where we are learning, and God is showing us, showing us these gifts, showing us the the, the five fold ministry you don 't have to get paid and be in five fold ministry we a, like we got the Western world sometimes it just blows my mind on how backwards sometimes we have things, and he wants this and and so This morning, I'm just like, it's about discipleship. It's about discipleship. It's about discipleship. And I've been studying and reading on discipleship, and that's going to start being weaved in through every one of our our messages and our sermon series, like how to actually meditate and study the Word of God. Because if the Internet shut down and there was a lock on the church door and you couldn't find anything else, what would you do? Do you know what you would do? Do you know what you would do? A lot of you might know what you're going to do. A lot of you might be sitting there saying, I don't know what I would do. Do I just pick up the Bible and just start reading randomly? What what do I do? And so we need to equip you as as leaders of this church. We need to equip you and disciple. So I have this this example this morning. Uh, Every morning I go on a prayer walk. And uh, usually I go a little bit longer on Sunday mornings than I go for a prayer walk. And as I was walking out the door, Jairus is standing in the family room or sitting in the family room with his green, green pajamas. And I'm talking green. I mean, they are like bright green pajamas. He says, Dad, can I go on the walk with you? And my initial response was just like, buddy, you know, it's Sunday, I got to get my head ready for church, you know, and I have to get, i just got to get my spirit ready, I need to begin to pray, and I just need to do all these things, and I was like, you know what, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, and I started walking out the door, and the Lord was just like, did I not just tell you about discipleship? Did I not just tell you about training and equipping those who you put in your care? And it was just like, I opened the And might have been there. Like I opened the door, I walked out, and I did one of these. And I walked back in, and I said, Jairus, put your shoes on. I don't care if you have bright green pajamas on. We're going for a prayer walk. Amen. And he and I walked the neighborhood. He was quiet. I was praying. He was holding my hand. And we were just praying for church. We were praying for families. We were praying for all kinds of different things. And the Lord just showed me that that is discipleship. It's right there. It's right in front of you. And I'm encouraging you parents. I'm encouraging you parents who are watching online. You're like, "Why don't you have kids ministry yet? Why don't you have all of this open so that it can be convenient for me? So that I can because he is calling us parents to train and equip our children." Like, I am very reluctant to just launch kids' ministry back up again because I just don't feel like that's what God wants us to do right now. He is challenging us as parents. It is difficult. It is hard. And you say, my kid doesn't sit still. It's okay if they don't sit still for a couple weeks. And they're a little rowdy. How else will they learn and know unless you begin to disciple them? How else will Jairus know what happens on my prayer walk unless I take him on the prayer walk with me? Unless I take him, who are who are you discipling in your, Who are you bringing along with you? Parents, you should be bringing your kids along during this time. Amen. This is the time. This is the time. Oh, okay. Galatians five, <laughs> verse sixteen it says, "I say then, walk in the Spirit." And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Can I read that again? <laughs> oh, sometimes this stuff is a little challenging, yeah. Amen? I'll tell you, the Christian walk and Christian life, it is challenging. It is ch- if, you're not ch- if you don't feel challenged in your Christian walk, then I'm not sure where you're walking to. Honestly. This is a constant battle between, you think like we all, that's it, I got total victory over the flesh every single day for the rest of my life. Well, I'd like to meet you. And discuss how that happened or how that worked. This is a constant battle. We are in constant battle against the flesh. This is what this is what it's talking. About. This is what Paul is saying right here, Seven, verse seventeen again. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. They're actually contrary to one another. It's like this battle, like UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship, right? Now the spirit can ultimately win the battle, but the spirit has to be trained. You know what I mean? Your spirit has to be trained because this is a battle that we're working in. We're it's like we're in an octagon, baby. I don't watch UFC, it seems violent, you know, I'm not going to get into that right now. Okay? It's like we're in an octagon, come on, there's no way out here. There's no escape route. We have to fight the battle. This is how I fight my battles. We have to begin to build up our spirit man to win the battle against the flesh. Look at this. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. It's like this battle, boom, boom, and these things are contrary to one another. And so we have to do this, we have to walk in the spirit so that we don't do the things that we wish. If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. This battle between the two. This walking in the spirit means we're moving forward. If you are stagnant, and you're not moving deeper in Christ, I believe you begin to succumb to the flesh. This is a constant walk, a constant battle. And you know, how many times do you hear of a Christian who, who we believe has been a Christian for a long time and then seemingly, suddenly, they had this terrible fall? I don't believe that it was suddenly. This Christian walk of ours is made up of a lot of choices. A lot of small choices that we make day by day. This is a day by day walk. This is a marathon this is not a sprint where we just get up and say, okay, I'm going to go sprint my 15, you know, 50 yards, whatever it is. And then I'm done for the day. I'm good. I'm good for the week. I don't need any more of Jesus. I got the Holy Spirit. I'm going to come just on Sunday morning and hear a message, you know, and Pastor Jason's is going to run around and throw his hands up in the air. And we're going to have great prophetic words in this great worship. Do you understand that that is not enough? It's not enough. It is not enough. By example, I can tell you it's not enough. And if you think it's enough, I don't care what your age is, it's not enough. Because our Christian walk is this day-by-day challenge that we're walking through. I picture this thing as you know, so we don't do, you know, those things that we wish in the flesh. I pictured it like a hungry dog trying to get after a food dish. I mean, sometimes our flesh just wants to watch that show, wants to do this, wants to lash out against somebody, wants to do all this stuff. And it's like we're like holding on to the. You ever see somebody go for a walk with like a really big dog? You know, and I picture there's like this this food that's right there. right? And you're like, try to hold this dog back, yeah? And this battle that we have is, if you're not strengthened, if you're not ready, that dog is going to tear you apart. It's going to rip you along the way. It's going to drag you everywhere that it wants to go. And you know what happens when it gets to that dog food? It, you, it devours it. It devours it. You can't, it's like you can't even pull it off then. That's it. And so what we have to do is in our daily walk, in our spiritual, we have to constantly know that we are in this battle against the flesh and constantly, I'm gonna give you some things to do, practical things to do, that we are constantly in this battle against the flesh. And the funny thing is, it's like, you know, we're here trying to starve the flesh and the flesh just wants some more. And so, I mean, you're really, right, if you took the dog and starved it for a while and then put the food in front of it, it's difficult. And sometimes, sometimes we fail. (laughs) You don't have to raise your hands. No amens on that one. I'll just give you the amen for y'all collectively. Sometimes we mess it up, sometimes we fail. But God redeems. Amen? God redeems, He redeems, He redeems. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. This this work of the flesh is evident. Oh my gosh. You know, the, this is like a journey, guys. This is a journey. If if you are able to watch the same TV shows today that you felt comfortable watching two years ago, you have to begin to question: Are yeah, are you growing? Because there are shows that I actually I can't believe we used to watch. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I used to watch that. And the Holy Spirit will convict if you ask him to show you, to lead you, to guide you. But if you are not at a point where you need to ask yourself, why am I not growing? Why am I not when I see something that is clearly against God, clearly against his word, clearly desensitizing me to the things of the word of God that we don't say, I'm going to shut that thing off right now. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying that we need to continually be moving forward. Look at these works of the flesh. They're evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. It's like, can the list keep going? It can. There's more. 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yikes. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about the Holy Spirit in this series. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Look at that. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. An action we have to actually go do. Crucifying the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So let's look at this fruit of the Spirit. How does this fruit of the Spirit germinate? Everything, every, every piece of fruit germinates with a seed, right? Right? It germinates. It's something that gets planted. And when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit plants itself on the inside. And there are seeds of this fruit that are available and ready to grow. Okay? This this is how it germinates. It germinates when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You say, but I see people in the world that you know, walk with some of these things. Well, they walk by that by personality, by whatever other way, but we walk by that not by our personality. We walk this way because the Spirit enables us to walk this way. This ground, listen to this, this ground is made pliable and gets tilled because of repentance. The initial asking of Jesus Christ of your as your Lord and Savior is because you admitted that you were a sinner and that you needed to repent from those sins. That repentance is what is able to have the Holy Spirit allowed to come in and begin to plant those seeds. So it all starts with repentance. You're like I've not seen this before. Like I you know I think I've, I've heard you know the fruit of the spirit's not a coconut. The fr- like I mean there's these songs that my kids sing and I'm not going to sing them and they're fun that they're fun to sing about but when you really dig into it the actual planting of those seeds comes from repentance. And then at the same time to have a life living of repentance is what allows the ground to stay fertile, the ground to stay tilled, the ground to stay, to stay soft, so that that fruit can continue to grow. It can continue to grow. And so, this act of coming to the Lord in repentance is actually what begins to lead to the growth of these other fruit, of this fruit. You're like, whoa, wait a second. I didn't realize that, that, that repentance is like this key fundamental thing here. So how do they grow? Look, it takes time. Fruit doesn't just happen overnight. If it did, that would be great. But it doesn't It doesn't happen overnight. These, this fruit in our lives needs to be growing more and more and more. Like I said, if you have self-control, if you're not better in self-control you know, like now than you were a couple years ago, you have to say, okay, Lord, what is preventing... What do I need to repent of? What do I need to do and change in my life in order to be able to see more of this fruit evident in my life? So how do they grow? They grow in times of difficulty. (laughs) They grow in times of challenge. So many times this fruit, the stuff we're going through as a nation, as a country, as a people, as everything, this, this fruit should be growing and becoming more and more evident in our life right now. Pruning. It comes from pruning, which means cutting things off oh, that seemingly looked good. Well, that show wasn't that bad. But he begins to prune things in our life in order to, to build the core up even more. Uh, Randy Ruth is not here. Some of you like know landscaping and stuff like that. So Randy Ruth was looking at a tree, and I was with him and we were standing there. And he said, you see how all of these branches that are really far off from the core, from the center... You see how those things are taking away the nutrients from the core of that tree. And I was just like, well, yeah, I can kind of see that. And I didn't think much about it. And I went, I went home to our house, and I looked at one of our, our it's a, called a pear tree. What is it called? A Cleveland, a Cleveland Select pear tree. Okay, the Cleveland Select. It's right in our backyard. And I'm looking at this tree, and I'm just like, well, this tree has like all these things that are way out there, and it really looks like it needs pruned, but it looks really healthy. From the outside, the tree looks really healthy. And as I was walking outside, I kid you not, the wind, I mean the wind was already blowing, but a little bit of a gust of wind came, and it blew through that tree, and it was like the tree split almost wide open. And what was revealed to me was that the inside, the core of that tree, was actually somewhat hollow. Because we have allowed all these things on the outside, which looked good, to continue to make the fruit and to be fruitful out here, when the storm came, when the wind came, what was clearly evident to me, that the tree was not as healthy on the inside. And I gave this example a couple of weeks ago about the tea bag. And I'm going to give you the example again because it resonates along with that tree. When when you are in hot water, when you are in hot when a tea bag is dipped in hot water, when we are dipped in hot water, when we have a challenge or difficult times come at us, what comes out of our tea bag? And if you notice what comes out of the tea bag is what someone intentionally put in the tea bag. Whatever flavor it was, whatever, whatever spices and herbs and leaves that were put into that teabag is what comes out. So I'm challenging us this morning, what are you putting into your teabag? What are the things that are on your, li- on your limbs of your tree that are way out there that need pruned, that need cut off? And the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal those things to you. Because when the wind blows, you want, your, you want yourself to be that tree that is not going to be affected by that storm that comes. And when you're in hot water, you want your tea flavor to be something that people can swallow, <laughs> right? None of us want to be the bitter tea, right? You ever have like a bitter tea? You're like, oh. In hot water, sometimes we can become bitter, a bitter tea. So how do they grow? What can we do? I've got a couple things that I, want you, that I just want to share. You can write these things down. Um, so I started making a list of all these things. I got to like seven or eight. And I was like, Lord, this is too many things for people to remember. It needs to be a three-point sermon. This is what they tell us. I'm kidding. I might even do four just for, just for fun. But as he began to align, each of these things is represented in these three major categories. Number one, for us to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, for us to see growth in our life in these areas, number one, we have to align our spirit with his Spirit. We have to align it. If you're not aligned with his spirit, how is the spirit going to grow? How do we do that? By praying in tongues. By praying in general. Aligning our spirit with his spirit. Number two, we have to position our hearts. We have to position our hearts. How do we do this? We have to feed our hearts the word of God. Now, I know feeding, feeding the word of God affects our spirit and our body at the same time. But what the Lord began to show me is that, I think Pastor Jim used to say this all the time, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And these three things that I'm giving you represent what we need to do in our spiritual self, what we need to do in our soul, and then what we need to do in our actual body in order to see the gifts of this, or, the, or the fruit of the spirit grow. So our spirit, we have to align our spirit with his spirit by prayer, by praying in tongues, by aligning that spirit. And then from our soul perspective, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, we have to feed it this. We have to feed it the word of God. If you are not feeding on the word of God, you can't look at the fruit of the spirit and say, I don't understand why I'm not growing in the fruit of the spirit. Why am I not growing in the fruit of the spirit? Are you growing in the word of God? Are you digging into the Word? We've already talked about this this morning. It's like we already preached the message. I'm just kind of giving like the recap of what already happened. What are you feeding yourself? What are you feeding on? I started getting into the news again this week. Remember I told you I was fast in the news? I made it to Wednesday. Couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. I got to Wednesday and I started feeling my mind, my will, my emotions... Started, I started feeding on it, I started thinking about it, it started stressing me out, I started getting concerned and worried, and it was just like, hey, how about the message that you're going to give on Sunday? Ah, how about live that out there, Pastor Jason, right? You know, it's just like, he doesn't really talk to me that way uh, in such a sarcastic voice. He's usually much more gentle than that, so that was just a, like a, my illustration of it. But he reminds us a lot of times, hey, what are you feeding it? What are you feeding your spiritual man? What are you feeding your mind and your will and your emotions if you need to feed them something that is sweet and that is good for it, not something that is bitter? Then the last one we have to do is we have to crucify the flesh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can read the word of God. Yes, I can pray. But wait a second. I have to crucify my flesh too? Yeah, we just read the scripture. We have to crucify them. What does that mean by crucifying the flesh? I, I see this as a couple things. Number one, don't despise the pruning. Don't despise the pruning that God does in your life as he's working on things. Number two, we have to live a life of fasting. We actually have to get this body in line with his word. I think more so than we actually are doing. And then the last one is, I love this, I just heard this the other day, I cannot take credit for it, but it's be where your feet are. Sometimes it feels like you're crucifying the flesh when the Lord is asking you to be where your feet are. You're like, Pastor what are you talking about? Because if you are not in the moment, in the place where God has placed you, look at Jesus' life. He was never looking past somebody somewhere else to go somewhere. He was always ministering to those who were right in front of him. He also was never in a hurry, that's another sermon. Okay, but he was ministering, the. he was, Jesus was where his feet were. If you were at home, dads, then be at home. Get off of your phone. If you're going to be with your kids, then be with your kids. If you're going to be at work, then be at work. If you're going to be in your prayer time, then be in your prayer time. What happens is, is we're always distracted. We're always distracted with this little device or whatever else that happens to come along in our lives. And how can you have the fruit of the Spirit? How can you have patience for this beautiful little two-year-old when you're over here doing this? Okay, hold on. Come on, guys. Hold on, just one second. Mom's too, right? You're, just, you're like, I just have to check. The, I just have to send this one. I just, da, 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 da. We have to crucify the flesh and say, you know what? I need to be where I am. And I was practicing it this week. Oh, no, it's so hard. Sometimes it's so hard, but but what if I got the text and I have to get back to them? Who says you have to respond to a text within 30 seconds of getting it? Like, who made the rule up? It's okay if it takes five minutes because you're with somebody and you're ministering to somebody and you're talking to somebody. This is crucifying the flesh because the flesh, like the dog, you you know, wants to get to the thing that the flesh wants to get to the next thing, whatever it is. Now this is partly my personality, I get that. But everybody struggles, everybody struggles with not being where your feet are. Could we just remember that this week? To grow in the fruit, be where your feet are. Just be there. Don't be somewhere else, be right there. The Bible says that we have to be intentional because the days are evil, because they're constantly trying to distract us to something else, to go somewhere else, to be somewhere else. And we're missing what is right in front of us. So, how do we grow in the fruit of the Spirit? We have to align our spirit with Him. We have to crucify our flesh. And we have to position our hearts. Position our hearts. Worship team, if you can come back up here. I got two other messages I'm not going to give them. It's like 12 o'clock. It's okay. And here's what the Lord began to show me. It says, you know, this fruit of the Spirit, if you look at Jesus' life, he was the perfect example of this everywhere that he went. He was the perfect example everywhere that he went. So this morning, as we're going to go back into just one more worship song kind of a call to action this morning. If this message resonated with you in any way, any shape, any form, of how we can be more intentional about growing in the fruit of the Spirit, through the time in the Word, through aligning our spirits, through crucifying the flesh, whatever it is. I can't, right, I told you in the beginning, my job is to equip you I don't want you to leave here without having the opportunity to make that commitment between you and the Lord. To say, I'm going to be more intentional about growing in this fruit. And the interesting thing is the intentionality about growing in the fruit is not saying, okay, I'm going to be more patient today. Notice, I didn't give that as any of the examples of how to grow in patience. It wasn't to wake up and say, Lord, because if you pray that prayer... Lord, help you. Because <laughs> he brings ways for you to have to have more patience in your life. But what I'm saying here is if we can dig into the word of God, begin to pray in our spirit language, we begin to crucify the flesh and see the things that are in our life that have to be removed. By the power of the Holy Spirit in our partnership with him, we begin to have evidence of the fruit of the spirit in our life. Love, joy. Come on, Churchill. Anybody lacking joy? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Imagine. Imagine walking through life with that. I believe that you can. I believe the Holy Spirit wants that in your life. Do you want to come up before we call people up is you got something you want to share
1: I just know that I've never been able to grow fruit in your garden mm-hmm. that when I'm paying attention to the soil in other people's garden this is about tilling my ground That's right. this is about going deeper in the word with him about me and, you know, with the way the world is today, with social media, everyone has the opportunity. We all feel like, well, don't I have a responsibility to, you don't have a responsibility to go out until he calls you, until it's almost disobedience for me not to speak. Because it begins in our own garden. And this is just for parents especially. Man, we are, we are guilty of this. You know, um, we'd come home from a message, or God would be working on our hearts, and we'd be like, that's it, guys. From now on, and we go right to them. Right. From now on, there's no technology Monday through Friday. We collect all their stuff. <laughs> but, you know, behind closed doors, we're just like, well, you know, it's work. We've got to, you know. <laughs> right. So we begin to apply some things that God's speaking to our own hearts to other people first, or in a more strict way than to our own selves, because we're very understanding about our own. Well, you know, I was going to do that, but we're very quick. That is just human. That's human nature. It's human psychology. It's, I mean, we are very quick to have the understanding of our intimate reasons as to why we're not, we're not growing, but we hold other people. We hold other people to the line. Well, you just need to do this. So I just want to encourage you this morning, you know, this message is for you, it's just for you. God wants to do a work in each one of us, and then by the power of his Holy Spirit, the influence that he begins to to have through you will grow. It will grow. You know, Pastor Jason has never, thank you, Jesus. He has never woken up one day and said, that's it. This family will go on prayer walks. We are going to pray more. Every day I want everyone down here and ready to go. He goes at 6.30 a.m. every day. We're going to do it because it's the right thing to do. He has never done that. And I say, thank you, Jesus, because it's not going to go well. And it's not going to produce the fruit that you he would think that it was going to produce. It wouldn't work, at least not long term. But he goes for prayer walks every day at 6.30, and now guess what? His son wants to go. And his children are going to grow up knowing that that's what their dad did to meet with the Lord, and he made it a priority. He does it by example because he did it first with himself. I'm not up here to elevate him it's just the example I used. Because And I thank Jesus because I'm asleep at 6.30, and I'm asleep at 7.30, and I may be <laughs> up at 8.30, you know. But I don't demand that everyone pray at 10 p.m. every night. That's what I'm just, I just want to make that clear. And the Lord spoke to me this week about this. Um, Jesus walked, he was perfect. He was perfect, but he was in that moment. And he showed mercy and love. And he is the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. So I just wanted to encourage you in that uh, this was such a good message. I usually wait till we're in the car to tell you that this was so good. I'm down there taking notes. I don't know what he's going to preach on before he preaches. I stay out of it. It's it's between him and the Lord. I don't give I don't give guidance. I don't give my opinion. I don't give my opinion because it's not my responsibility. If you don't have responsibility in an area, you should have no opinion. Practice that. Your opinion should be toward your own life, and the people God has put under you, that is your responsibility. We are responsible for this country and for this nation, for the amount that you pray. That's the amount of opinion you can have in things. To the extent that we have prayer and that our heart breaks. Okay, now I'm just Amen. preaching a different message.
0: So guys, up. we're. I know it's late, but you know what? You know, we really felt like coming out of this coronavirus thing that we're going to... Church is going to be different on the other side. And church is already different, right? It's two hours. There's kids running around. There's no kids' ministry. I'm challenging you to have a different personal walk. So we're going to sing this one more song. If you absolutely have to go, that's fine. I get it. But if you feel like the Lord's speaking to you this morning and says, you know, I'm making a commitment today. I want more of the fruit of the spirit. I want to align my spirit. I want to crucify my flesh. I want to make sure my heart is prepared for him to do a work in my life. Then just come up to the altar. I don't even think we're praying for you today. Just come up to the altar, do business with him, and then I'll send you home. How about we do that? All right, let's worship him. Oh, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, our living hope. Our living hope. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but a lot of times I'm up here, and I feel as though as a father over this congregation, and my heart is just that you, as any parent would, to be able to go out there and to fight those battles and to see victory and to be able to read the Word of God and understand the Word of God. That is my heart for you as a church. I want to equip you. I want to do a better job at it. I want to equip you to do the work of the ministry, to have a walk with Him that is your own, and not based on what I say or what Liz says, or, but a walk that is your own with Him. Because every parent wants that for their own child. I want that for each and every person in this church. So I'm going to read this benediction over you guys, Romans 15. It says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind and one mouth glorify." the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We love you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There will be some people that can pray with you up here. If you had not had enough, you can get a little more prayer here. Otherwise, you guys are dismissed. And we will see you guys next week or Saturday night, worship night.